0: Good morning and welcome here to Highland Crest as we go live for our first time. And what a morning to do it here on Resurrection Day 2020. And for Christians, this is a significant day. In fact, in the early church, when Christians would gather in the marketplace or on the streets, instead of saying hello or how are you, they would say, He is risen. And then their friend would respond by saying, He is risen indeed. The message of Christianity is based on Jesus' resurrection. And we get to celebrate that today. It was so significant that the early church actually changed their day of worship from the Old Testament Sabbath on a Saturday to the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. The day in which Jesus rose from the dead. In fact, every Sunday that the Christian church gathers does commemorate this day. The day, remember, Jesus being raised from the dead. Well, I don't know what this week has been like for you or the last several weeks. If it's been a gloomy time, if you've experienced some loss or some hardship... I'm inviting you to join us today for our worship service. And my hope for you is that you will see encouragement in Jesus being raised from the dead. As we look to the scriptures, there is one chapter set aside in the New Testament where 58 verses are given over entirely to the teaching of the resurrection. And I would invite you to turn there with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, we're not going to read all 58 verses, but here in 1 Corinthians 15, allow me to read the first 20 verses. And while you're turning there, I'll make mention of a few announcements. Uh, Have you been getting weekly updates of what's going on at Highland Crest? And if you might remember, we're also having an emphasis on 2020 about being connected in small groups or in Bible studies. And while we might not physically be able to gather, we are still connecting with one another over Zoom. And if you are looking for a Bible study to participate in, or you're wondering, is my Bible study currently on Zoom? Feel free to contact the church to let us know. And if you would like to receive uh, weekly updates on what's going on in the church, you can contact the church as well. Here's the email address, info at com. That's info at highlandcrestbaptist.com Or the church phone number is 920-494-3647 That's 920-494-3647 Allow me to read God's word today that speaks about the resurrection. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ for our sins, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. And those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Let us pray to the God who raised his son from the dead. Let's pray together. Lord, it is today that we get to celebrate not only a historical event, not only a theological event, but a personal event to many of us. It is a day that we can hold up and say, if Jesus is no longer in the tomb, then I have hope no matter what my life endures. Lord, we are grateful to be able to look to a Lord that not only died for our sins, but also was raised to life. Lord, we pray that you would be glorified in our service today as we hold up these words, as we sing these truths, and as we worship this risen King. We pray for the church family as we're not gathering today here in the auditorium. We pray for your blessing of your presence there in their homes, watching in a living room, watching on a a phone or some sort of a monitor. We pray for your encouragement to come to their hearts and help them to be reminded of the gifts that come through this resurrection. And Lord, may we take this message that has been given to us, delivered to us here in 1 Corinthians and embed it into our own lives and then with joy depart it into other people's lives as well. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm going to have you turn back now to 1 Corinthians 15 where we're going to look at these 20 verses. If I were to ask you, uh, what was a memorable gift or memorable gifts that you have received sometime during your life, what would you say? Would you reflect back on the days of your childhood where maybe you got a toy or something tangible that you were able to handle and, and to play with? Or maybe what was an article of clothing that was delivered to you at just a timely time in your life? Or maybe as the years have advanced, you've thought, the best gift I received was when my family surprised me for a, a birthday or a particular meal, maybe an anniversary. I think often we think of gifts and we think of our birthday, or maybe we think of Christmas. But in our passage of Scripture today, I believe that there are an abundance of gifts that are provided not on Christmas morning, but on resurrection morning. And I cannot wait to unpack some of these gifts for you in verses 12 through 20. But before we get there, allow me to review the first uh, 10, 11 verses here so we can get a context of these gifts. So if you have an outline, let me hit on the first one here, and that is our message. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. This is Paul writing to some Christians there in Corinth where he says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Paul is reminding the Christians there in Corinth of the message they received. They had received it, they had believed it, they had trusted in the risen Lord, and now he is taking time to go back and remind them just precisely of this message. This message is reduced to a word. It is the word gospel. What is this word gospel? It is a word that is pregnant with meaning. Imagine with me, you could go back in time. And you can live with your family in some villages. Where there was a tyrant king that ruled over you. And he imposed heavy and stiff taxes upon you and your family. He took your freedoms that uh, that made it difficult for you to enjoy life. And then when you had children and they were of age, they had to be enlisted into his army. He made your life and the life of your family, and the life of the citizens of your community, miserable. And Then imagine there's a knock at your door, where there is a herald of some news that declares to you that this tyrant, this evil king, has been thwarted. He has been killed, and there was a new king. And the taxes that you owed have been paid. And there is one now that comes to bring you freedom. You have a new king, and this king is one of goodness and love, and he cares for you and will do what is best for you and your family. This is the word gospel. This is where we find it. It is one who would share good news of new freedoms that were connected to a new king. So we see here in this passage the next part of what this gospel is. Look with me at verses 3 and 4. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. The gospel is this. Christ died for our sins and was raised to life in accordance with the Scriptures. You'll see in verse 3 that Paul delivered this message. He didn't cook the pizza. He delivered the pizza. He didn't come up with this message. This message was something that was delivered to him, and he was now delivering it to other people. And this is it. It says there in verse 3 that Christ died for our sins. There is a prevailing question question that runs through the pages of scripture it is this how can a loving holy righteous and just god have a relationship with sinful and vile men and women like you and i how can he do it and there is this tension that runs throughout the pages of scripture it is a tension that men and women have wrestled with throughout the ages. And the answer to that question is found in the Scriptures. And one verse in particular that I could point you to is Romans chapter 3, verse 26, where it speaks about God being both the just and also the justifier. He is able to preserve His goodness and His righteousness and His justice by also making a way, by being the one who actually justifies us in our sin. So on Good Friday, we remember and we celebrate that one has come to take the blow that was deserved for us. We committed the crime, we broke the law, but Jesus' one son received the penalty. It is strange, is it not, that us Christians would take time out and remember Good Friday. It is strange that we would, throughout our church year, celebrate that by taking the Lord's Supper, that our leader was crucified brutally on a cross. How can we do that? Because of the empty tomb. Because on resurrection morning, he was raised to life. So this is the good news that Christ died for our sins, but that is not all of the gospel. You see it here in the next part of verse 3. It says, in accordance with the scriptures, and then is verse 4, that he was buried. That means he was actually dead. And then the next part says that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and on the third day he was raised to life. And Paul is going out of his way to say, I'm delivering this to you. This is in accordance with the scriptures. This is not my message. It is the message of God. So that is our message. Now let us consider, secondly in our outline, our proof. There is no question here for the Christians in Corinth whether Jesus was raised from the dead, they all knew that the question that is being tackled here in First Corinthians chapter 15 is What about us? What about other men and women when they die? Will they come back from the dead? Will there be a, a resurrection for them not of the physical body but of their soul and then ultimately of their physical body? And this is what he is addressing. He's saying, Yes. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. He is the first fruits, and we too will be raised from the dead. So here's the proof of, of Jesus being raised from the dead. Look with me at verse 5. And then he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles, Last of all, as to one I'm timely born, he appeared also to me. There are witnesses. Here is our proof. The resurrected Jesus was witnessed by hundreds and has resulted in millions of changed lives. He was witnessed by hundreds and has resulted in millions of changed lives. And we just saw that in verses 5 and following that appeared to Peter, that is Cephas. He appeared to the twelve, and some might say, well, wait a minute. Didn't Judas hang himself at this point? Weren't there eleven? Well, there are times where the twelve are just identified as a generic group. When he says the twelve, we understand that he means the followers there of Jesus. And then, more than 500. And Peter, or Paul actually says here, if you want to interview them, you can still interview them at this time. And then he says also to James, this is a half-brother of Jesus, and then even to the apostles, and then even to Paul himself. It is interesting to note here that 1 Corinthians is one of the earliest books there is in the New Testament. And it is very helpful for us to, to see this because it proves of Jesus' resurrection. These are the earliest witnesses, and there were more than 500 that saw him at the same time. Some have offered theories that they were hallucinating. 500 people don't hallucinate at the same time. There were multiple sources of people that witnessed Jesus' resurrection. But you'll notice also here in this passage that Paul was one of them. And Paul is a little bit different than all these other witnesses, because Paul not only witnesses Jesus' resurrection, but he he witnessed it after the ascension. So we might not know if Paul was present there at the resurrection, but we know that 40 days after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus ascended into heaven. And before he did that, he gathered his followers beside him. And he says, you wait here. As I go up, I will send the Holy Spirit upon you. And you are to be witnesses of my resurrection. And you are to proclaim that sin and death have been defeated by the new king, by me. And you are to take this message and proclaim it to others. Jesus ascends. Days later, the Holy Spirit comes upon his followers, just as he said was going to happen. And then the church began to grow. The essence of their message was, Jesus has come and he has defeated death. He has defeated sin. He has been raised from the dead. And the authorities of that time, the Sanhedrin tried to smash that movement. And there was one named Paul, who was out getting arrest warrants, and he was trying to make sure that the Christians would get arrested. And one day in Acts chapter 9, as he was traveling, Jesus, the resurrected one and the one who has ascended into heaven, interrupted his travel plans. And he says, why are you persecuting me? So we see Paul not only observe Jesus after the resurrection, but also after the ascension. And his life was radically changed. In fact, millions of people's lives have been radically changed as a result of Jesus's death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. To follow Jesus during the first century was not to follow him to get money. It was not to follow him to get fame or power. To to say that he has been raised from the dead may cost you your family your job, your house, or even your life. Yet despite this, the church exploded and the witness of Christ and what he has done to conquer sin and death has gone forward. So there is our message. There is our proof. Now let us consider the gifts. The gifts that have been presented to us as a result of resurrection morning. I think there are six here in these verses. And as I bring these out one after the other, I suspect many of you who are watching this, many of you who are listening to this have already received these gifts. And for you, it's going to be a blessing to hear them all over again. There's an old hymn that we like to sing. It's the hymn, I love to tell the story. And verse 4 of that hymn goes like this. I love to tell the story. For those who know it best seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song, t'will be the old, old story that I have loved so long. It was said of Pastor Martin Lloyd-Jones, a pastor at Westminster Chapel in London, that there were times where he would hear the gospel. and He would just kick back and think, oh, this news is so good. I wish I could get saved all over again. May that be the case for you, Christian, this morning, as you are reminded of the gifts that have been presented to you on resurrection morning. The first gift is that of forgiveness. Now, in verses 12 through 20, what you have is Paul saying, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then all these tragic consequences would follow. But Then he says in verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. So what I'd like to do this morning is to take these tragic consequences and actually spin them to just state truths positive gifts that are given to those who embrace the resurrection of Christ. The first is forgiveness. If you look with me at verse 17, it says this, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and, your sin, and you're still in your sins. But Christ has been raised, so you're no longer in your sins. You've been forgiven of your sins. And this morning, maybe you've had your sins forgiven already. Or this morning, I'm presenting to you a gift that you can have your sins forgiven. You see, Jesus absorbed God's justice on your behalf. You may have committed a crime, and you may, may be sweating out the consequences, but Jesus took the blow. I mentioned at the beginning of the message that i, I've, I like to recall some of the, my favorite gifts that I've received, but I can think of a letter that I once received that has stood out to me. It was a letter that I received following the, the repayment of my student debt. It was just a simple letter that says, your student loans have been paid in full. And those are magnificent words, are they not? Just this morning as I was printing out this message, I went to the church copier and I I, I grabbed these. and, And there were a few other documents on that printer. One of them was a bill. And on top of that bill in red, it said, paid in full. Those are wonderful words. And the gospel message declares that there is a new king. There is one who has come and was paid off your debts and forgiveness of sins as being offered to you, this is a gift of the resurrection. On Good Friday, our family decided to do something special this year. We decided to take that day and just kind of track the timeline for Jesus. So at Good Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning, we gathered and we read about Jesus standing in front of the Sanhedrin, the high priest. And then at 9 o'clock, we read about how Jesus stood before Pilate, We read about how they scourged him and they put the crown of thorns on his head and how he had to carry his cross up to Golgotha. And then at 12 o'clock at noon, we read about how the the sky went dark. And then between 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock, at 3 o'clock is when Jesus died, we just took some time and on our our, our kitchen table, with some quiet music playing in the background. I got some slips of paper out. And I said, Melody and boys, why don't we do this? Why don't you write out every sin that you've known that you've committed? And let's just take time and write them out. If you need a few sheets of paper, we're going to do that. And let's just take that time and confess that sin. And then shortly after that, at 3 o'clock, when Jesus died, we went out to a tree right behind our house, and we took some roofing nails. One by one, we just nailed them onto a tree. And so for the last few days, We've been walking by and seeing our sins hanging on the tree there. And then this morning, as I was going over this passage, and I got to this part that we don't need to be in our sins anymore, I thought about those sins hanging there on the tree. And with great delight, I went out and ripped them off a tree, put them in a brown paper bag, and burned them there in the fire pit. Now, I've been a Christian for maybe 25 years, and the thought of having my sins forgiven... This morning was just as sweet as it was 25 years ago. I love to hear this gospel message. I hope you do as well. The first gift is there's forgiveness that is offered to you. And all these other gifts hinge on this first one. Let me give you the second gift that is presented here in our passage, and that is fullness. Fullness. In verses 14 and actually in verse 17, it it says the same thing. If he had not been raised, your preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. When it says here, your faith, it is speaking to the truth, this gospel message that we have. If Jesus were not raised from the dead, this message of the gospel would be empty. But because Jesus did raise from the dead, this message is full. And this power that is given to us there at the resurrection of Christ leads us into life. In fact, Romans chapter 8 tells us that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within us. We may receive his spirit and to live out in joy this message of the cross and the empty tomb. If there is one thing that we are learning during this period of quarantine, it's that we were made for relationships. And even the strongest introvert among us would have to say, "I miss those people there at Highland Crest." Well, well, some of them anyway. We were created for relationships. And there is a gift presented to us as a result of the resurrection of Jesus. It is you may have a relationship with the one you were designed to have a relationship for. Now we might be able to get together on Zoom. We might be able to get together on some other FaceTime or even Facebook Messenger over the video. But you and I know that it is not the same as actually being with one another. Jesus came and he lived among us, we were created for a relationship, and it was Jesus in Proverbs eighteen twenty four that they find our fulfillment when it says, "There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother." Christianity is a call to a relationship. It is a call to follow Jesus. We sing about him, we talk about him, we teach about him, and we commend him unashamedly to others. Let me give you the third gift. The third gift is that of purpose. We're going to go back to verse 14 It says, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. That is this message that we declare, whether from a pulpit or whether from a water cooler at your workplace or whether from your kitchen table or from your driveway, this message that we proclaim is not empty, rather it has purpose. We are not whistling Dixie. We are not articulating some sort of a fable or a legend. We are proclaiming that Jesus rose from the dead. You might ask yourself, why are these people always trying to share this gospel message with me? It's because the tomb is empty. It's because this message has power. It is because this message has purpose. So today, we don't have to wonder, is the world spinning out of control and on a collision course for chaos? No, God remains in control. At one time, the world was good and harmonious. Everything, that, everything had its purpose and it was meant for doing what God designed it for. Then sin entered through a rebellious decision. There was death and division and wars and the coronavirus has entered since. Yet the Bible speaks about a day when all this brokenness will be made whole when Jesus returns. And until he returns, we are to go and herald this good news. That there is a new king that has conquered sin and death And he wants to bring you life, abundant life. You were created for this. This is your purpose, to know him and to be able to share this message with others. Let me give you a fourth gift that we find here in this passage, and it is that of truth. Look at what it says in verse 15. We are even found to be misrepresenting God. Because we have testified about God that he raised Christ. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, then we would be misrepresenting God. But because Jesus did raise from the dead, we are telling the truth about God. In fact, you can look through the pages of Scripture and see that the resurrection is something that has pointed towards for thousands of years. We can see in Psalm chapter 16, verse 10, Where it is said of Jesus, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Or you, and let your Holy One see corruption. There was another prophecy also in Isaiah 53 verse 10. Where it speaks about this crucified one will have his days prolonged. Speaking of the resurrection of Jesus. We can think of Jesus' own ministry. In John chapter 2, Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Or we can think about in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, where Jesus says, for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus spoke specifically about his resurrection in Luke chapter 9, verse 22, for he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Because Jesus raised from the dead, the Bible's words are true. When I was in seventh, eighth grade, our family lived up in northern Minnesota. I had the privilege for about a year and a half to live on a lake. And I can remember one day, me and a neighborhood friend were out on this lake, and it was very windy. We didn't have a motor. We just had a, a rowboat. And we decided on this windy day just to let the wind blow us. And you know what happened? In about 20 or 30 minutes, we were on the other side of the lake. That, that's a word, that, that picture, that seems to speak about the days in which we live. What is true at one time 5, 10, 20 years is no longer true. It just blows us along. But because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have the trustworthy word of Scripture. It is reliable. It has always been true. And the question isn't so much, is, are, are we in the Scriptures? The, the question is, is the Scriptures in us? We can rely on these words because of Jesus' resurrection. Let me give to you another, the fifth, the fifth of these gifts. We find it here in verse 18. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. But since Jesus was raised to life, they are not perished. Rather, they may experience life. The point of these scriptures today speaks about all the gifts that come from Jesus being raised to life. And one of them is, is that we too may experience eternal life. Verse 20 speaks about Jesus being the first fruits. As Jesus set the pattern for the resurrection, those who die after him also will follow his pattern. What is the first fruits? When there is a great harvest, there is the first part of that harvest that comes. That is the first fruits. When I grill out with our family, I might be making some chicken or some burgers, or if it's really a special occasion, I might be making some steak. It's not unusual for one of the boys to sneak around the corner and say, may I have a taste test? Or depending on their age, sometimes they say, may I have a test taste? And what they are asking for is the, the first bite of that chicken or that steak or that or that hamburger and they know that that taste is something that they will experience more in the future at supper time what Jesus' resurrection is like that for us and if you've ever been to a christian funeral you might have heard it referred to as a homecoming service because it's a time to celebrate a person that has now actually gone home and that always is traced back to the hope that we have in Jesus' resurrection. In fact, many years ago here at Highland Crest, I can remember doing a funeral service of a guy that was named Mac, or that's what his friends called him. I called him Mr. Malkor. He and his lovely wife, Evelyn, faithfully attended here at Highland Crest. And I can remember preaching the message here on this very platform and then going off to the side to sit in a chair. And Mac's daughter identified a song that they wanted played during the funeral. And I've never forgotten that song. I think I only heard it once until this morning on my way into church. I thought, I want to listen to that again. The name of the song is entitled, It's True. It's a song sung by a guy named uh, Ivan Parker. And let me just read to you the the lyrics to the song. It said, I stood by the bed... Of my beloved dear old friend. We talked about what Jesus said, how someday we'd live again. He held his Bible to his chest as he slowly slipped away, but before he took his final breath, I heard my daddy say, It's true. I can hear the angels singing, It's true. Heaven bells are ringing, I can see the face of my Jesus. And then the next verse says, I know there will come a day when death will come for me. They will put my body in the ground, but that's not where I'll be. So when I have those fears and doubts about what lies ahead, I just think about my dear old dad and the last two words he said. It's true. And it is true. Those Christian loved ones that have gone on before us, if you are a believer you will see again. And that is a gift that is presented to us as a result of resurrection morning. Let me give you the last one here that we see in this passage, and that is hope. Look with me here at verse 19. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. If all there is is this life, then have pity on us. But that is not all there is to this life. In fact, we are very hopeful people. We might say the opposite of pity is to be revered and respected. But we can have hope in these days. I believe it was last Sunday where our own Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, declared this last week to be our 9 11 To be our Pearl Harbor because of COVID-19. But as Christians, armed with the truth that Jesus has been raised from the dead, we can have hope. Hope that the worst thing that could happen to us is death. And that would actually be the best thing that would happen to us is that we would get to see Jesus face to face. historically Christians, have served during this time because of this hope. This isn't the only pandemic that we've ever had. And so why don't we take a page from history to look and see how people have served in the past. And I'd encourage you to look for opportunities around you to serve. This past week, there are three different opportunities that we've spoken about. Maybe you are under quarantine right now, and that is the place for you. There have been some in our church that have identified some hospitals to say, Can we make some masks for those health care workers? And you can contact the church and let them know about that. Or maybe there's a way that you could help. There are some people that need food. We've been contacted by our a uh, school district here of Green Bay that said, "Would you come and, and would you help distribute food to some families that are not able to get the schools to pick that food up?" Or maybe you could help bring food to others in our community. Maybe they're shut in. Maybe they're the older people that cannot get out. Here's the point: There is the gift of hope that we have that we can present to others. So let me conclude this with this thought. How do we receive these gifts? Do we just come by and take the gifts that we want? I can remember several years ago at the wildlife sanctuary, there were a few fishing clubs in Green Bay that had got together. And they were offering free fishing poles and free tackle boxes to kids. So we loaded up our boys and we went down to the wildlife sanctuary. And there each one of them got a pole and a tackle box. And as I watched the kids go up and gather them, I would see them just quickly grab it, snatch it away, and then walk back to their parents. Is that what this looks like for these six gifts? Do we just sort of grab them and then go back to our own way of life? Well, here's the conclusion. In order to receive these gifts, we must receive the person who offers them. That the true gift that is presented to us on Resurrection Sunday is a person. It is the new king who has come to conquer death and sin. He is the one who wants to present to us life. It is life through the forgiveness of sins. It is life through this full life. It is life through purpose that he has given to us. It is life through the hope of eternal life. And it is life through hope that we have. We come to him. We say, I want victory over death. I want victory over sin. Maybe you would be honest to say, I've been the king of my own life. And I want to lay that down before you. I realize that you are worthy of following. The good news has come. Jesus has come to die for your sins, yes, but death could not hold him. He has been raised to life. Would you become a follower of this king? Would you submit your life to Him? If so, that means you're going to follow Him. The Bible speaks about identifying yourself, that you would be baptized. It speaks about getting into this word of truth that we've heard about today that's a gift to us. And we can rely on these words of truth. We get our marching orders from them. It means that we'd be assigned a, a local troops, a local church where we would be discipled and, and grow in the faith. It means would become a herald of this good news and share it with others. Would you be willing to serve this king? He has come to die for you and he has been raised to life. Why don't we pray as we close this message. And if that is you, if it's your desire to have Jesus as your king, You can pray along with me. Father, we thank you for this message today. We we are grateful for indeed Jesus did raise from the dead. And as a result, there are all these gifts at our disposal. And for many that are listening to this and watching to this, they have already received these gifts. And today has just been an opportunity to reflect on them and say, I thank you for them. And then there's those also who have yet to receive this person that can offer these gifts. So if that is you, as you listen to this, as you watch this, if you are ready to allow Jesus to be king of your life, you could pray something like this. Jesus, I don't want to be in charge of my life anymore. I want to give you my life. I understand That you have come. To take over. And to defeat sin. And death. Your desire. Is a relationship with me. And I desire to have a relationship with you. Use my life. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I understand that you have taken my sins upon you. That I might be. Declared righteous while you were declared guilty. I want to know what it's like to walk without guilt. I want to know what it's like to have freedom. I want you to tell me how it is you want me to live. Help me to read your word. Help me to follow you with my days. God, help me to be around people that that value the scriptures. That can encourage me in this walk as a Christian. And help me also to be able to share the good news that I've just received today with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have trusted Christ today, indeed you have received that gift. And we celebrate with you that you've received this forgiveness of sins. That you have become a child of God. And if there is a way that we can help you with that, perhaps you want to tell those who are with you right now, if they're Christians, a family member, or friends, but if there's a way that we can encourage you by getting you a Bible or by getting you on on the track of knowing what does it look like in these first few days to become a Christian, we would be delighted to help you with that. You can contact us here at Highland Crest, and we would be happy to follow up with you.